0: Welcome to Dazer Update for July 3rd, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Oloji. I'm Brian Perkins.
1: And I'm Dan Rev Victoria.
0: And yeah, we have a big week this week. Uh, there is a bunch of stuff that has happened. We had a Nintendo Direct that happened, but not the one that Nintendo fans have been waiting for the past month for. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got... Uh, a bunch of games coming out here over the next uh, few months that cool. have been dated. Uh, we got a couple of, uh, yeah, PS Plus and games with gold titles uh, coming to those uh, services. Nintendo Switch Plus on uh, expansion pack got some new Genesis games. We'll talk a bit about that. And uh, let's see, we got a couple of acquisitions and some unfortunate. Uh, news that a couple of notable developers have been harassed mm-hmm. by toxic fans. And we'll talk about that stuff here before we go into the uh, the Nintendo Direct. And yeah, lots of stuff this week. But yeah, before we get to that stuff, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. Mm. Uh, I'll kick it off here. Uh, the big thing I've been playing this week is uh, Cuphead and its new DLC, The Delicious Last Course. Yeah. Uh, a new island, essentially, that gets added to the game. Uh, I don't know if there's more than this first area that I have access to, but it definitely is built in mind for people that have essentially put a lot of time into the base game. Uh, so, because it's the the bosses that it introduces here are very much built around uh, lots of. Elements that are designed to really screw with, you know, veterans here versus, uh, the ones that are in the original, like first couple of aisles that are not too hard. Uh, they are all kind of built around, you know, a lot of basic mechanics. And so once you get them figured out, you can kind of take out those bosses in a reasonable amount of time for that stuff. But here, you know, one of the bosses is a gnome on this mountain that has these big platforms moving up and down. You got gnomes that are on the ground below that, if you fall down, uh, they can stab you if you're sticking around too long.
2: Uh-huh. Uh,
0: they will also start uh, shooting stuff at you and uh, potentially attacking you. And then you got the big gnome dude, uh, troll, or whatever. I don't know what the. The the big dude's called, but he shoots stuff out of his mouth and does a few other things, a few other tricks up his sleeve, so it's a lot of stuff, and that's just the first phase. Oh. Uh, you move on through the second phase, which has its own shit going on. I think it's a, a three three-stage fight kind of thing. And yeah, the uh I kind of the think the the best way to kind of come into this uh whole fight is to essentially uh get some coins and don't use them uh whether you've uh, maxed out what you get they do give you some coins when you start, uh, but I think having a good uh, eight to ten if you haven't beaten the game is a pretty good way to get a couple of the the starter items uh things like a uh what is it? a uh i think it's called a crack shot which is a version of the chaser which is sort of an Auto aim weapon that shoots shots that automatically go towards an enemy uh, this the, the crack shot is kind of a more powerful version of that. Uh, they don't necessarily have the same kind of pathing that the uh, chaser has so uh, but they definitely design a lot of these bosses around hey what if you threw more shit so that that isn't necessarily guaranteed to just hit the boss uh, all the time? yeah um, there's another one that's a it's a lightning spread shot. That is pretty good, and if you go into you know the lock mode where you're uh, planting your feet, so you can get uh, a better shot at aiming, that uh, uh, kind of narrows the spread a good bit, so you can kind of get more of those shots in uh, in the one central area that you're aiming. That kind of thing. There's mm-hmm. also a good relic that uh, I think is in one of the new ones that essentially. Uh, every first, third, and sixth pair you get uh, from the start of a, a boss fight, you get one HP added to your uh, your counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a potential lifesaver for you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with this one, they add Miss Chalice uh, to the, the playable characters to a degree. She's not an, a selectable character when you start a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a relic that you put on, so you are sacrificing the ability to have a relic that gives you, you know, like an invincible dash, or uh, you know, the 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 relic I just mentioned about uh, parrying to regain health. Mm-hmm. Uh, you sacrifice that for a character that has a double jump. By default, she also has a her dash can parry uh, for that, so she doesn't necessarily have a, a dedicated parry ability and then she also has like a it calls it an invincible roll where you hold down and I think the, the parry button you do like a roll I don't know if that is actually invincible I haven't used it in such a way that I could see that it worked but
2: cool.
0: you know that's uh what her moveset is all about so uh, that can be a, a big change up for people that want something new to try out and I think there's trophies for Trophies are stuff you can unlock in the game for beating every boss in the game, both in, both in the base game and in this DLC mm-hmm. uh, with her. Uh, so there's stuff for that. And yeah, there's whole new uh, trophy and achievement stuff uh, for this DLC. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of stuff like, you know, basic stuff like beating a boss with Miss, Miss Chalice, mm-hmm. uh, you know, using the new weapons, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot that are built around being hard as hell. So it's very much more, more Cuphead content that is definitely built as, like, uh, oh, you need some more of this? Here, here's some, some extra tough stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that is, uh, and that DLC is only eight bucks. So it's fairly reasonably priced for what it adds to the game. So yeah, that's some, some cool stuff. Uh, let's see, also been playing, I got uh, from the Steam sale a game called Teardown, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of a physics-y uh, demolition game of sorts, where you are a character that uh, is in the construction game, as they call it, mm-hmm. uh, that ends up getting you know contacted by people that just want you to go uh, break stuff. I think your first job is just literally level a building uh, for... Somebody, then you find out. Oh, this is a like a historically significant building of sorts, and in exchange for not, you know, having you arrested because they, you know, got video of your your van that you leave with. uh, They, you know, this cop asks you to break into this uh, building somewhere else to steal some stuff for them. That kind of thing, and you kind of keep getting uh, new gigs to do potentially illegal stuff as you go along. But yeah, the, the, the hook of the game is that it's all built on boxels that are destructible uh, to a degree. Uh, there are, you know, things like metal and uh, some of the stronger vehicles that are a bit tougher to destroy. But uh, you start off with, I think a, a spray paint can a sledgehammer and a fire extinguisher. Uh, so you can start, you know, bus and stuff up. And if things catch on fire, you can use the fire extinguisher to stop that. Because as they, as you get further in, the notion of, oh, they have fire alarms set up. So if things get, you know, too much on fire, uh, you may be in trouble. And a number of these jobs ends with you trying to, you know, case the joint, figure out how you're going to accomplish the, the job you're given. And then you have 60 seconds to sort of Accomplish as much as you can and then head to your escape vehicle before the time runs out uh-huh. kind of thing. But uh, the the extra fun thing is that it has Steam Workshop support, People making mods and such, you know, uh, there are a lot of areas and new weapons that can cause lots of destruction. And I think there's a bunch that are uh, adding new mechanics and such to the game. Uh so there's a lot there, but I've been having a lot of fun, you know, grabbing some of these areas like, oh, here's one that's you know, a big huge mall that you can go explore and uh destroy. One's like a big uh like IKEA showcase store kind of thing, a lot of stuff like that. Uh that you can go around and like set stuff on fire, watch it burn and uh move around. Uh but yeah, the the physics on destruction is maybe not necessarily what you would expect is not super realistic it's a little bit in the it's a little more realistic than Minecraft where there are things like uh, that won't uh, drop until you you know destroy uh, anything holding it up so a whole building Mm -hmm. can have you know a chimney to the side that keeps it from falling down if you you know bust a, a line like a whole line you know all the way around it you don't have to bust up the chimney uh, to uh, knock it down further, kind of thing. So uh, that's like the the big caveat to the way the physics works. But generally, for the most part, it's it the physics works pretty well uh-huh. there. So uh, it's kind of a big sandboxy kind of thing that's fun to mess around with. And yeah, it's also fun because it's you know you can see how much you can. Uh, Push your your PC to the max with this. Mm-hmm. As uh, I've had things like meteor strikes as a weapon that you just set off a bunch and watch as the the frame rate just drops down to single digits and struggles as it figures out how to deal with all the the physics of the you know buildings you've destroyed and all the pieces and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I've only had it crash once, and that was because I I was on this map that just had a big uh seven thirty seven I think uh-huh. uh sitting at a terminal at this airport it wasn't a full airport it was just like one little area then you go out to the the plane itself, but it was raining and all that and I decided to uh blow up the the plane and that just caused the game to crash uh which was pretty fun to see. it was the first time i pushed it that hard uh but yeah it's it's a very fun you know fuck around kind of game, so that's been a lot of fun there to mess around with. Uh, let's see. Saber is another game I got from the Steam sale. This is a it's like a small two dollar game that's on sale for like a dollar fifty nine, I think at this point. Uh, but it's a puzzle game built around the defining aspect of Resident Evil Four, the inventory uh, screen oh. uh, where you are given. I think it's 40 puzzles of, you know, ways to Arrange weapons, combine ammo and, uh, herbs and all this other stuff to fit it into the various, uh, you know, spaces that you're given for that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do a lot of like clever tricks where it's like, oh, you, you know, you have taken some damage. So you're on, I think, red yeah. uh, for the health. And it's, Uh, You're like, oh, I have to eat this, uh, uh, these herbs and, you know, you can combine them in the different ways or uh, there's some with fish and eggs and that kind of stuff, Uh, though uh, they do have some points where it's like you have a bunch of food, but you're already in the green. So, you know, it's like, oh, I have some rotten eggs, so I have to eat the rotten eggs, Uh, then use herbs or whatever uh, to, you know, maximize the amount of space you have to use that kind of stuff, and even get to the point of uh, the powder you can combine to make ammo mm. that it's like, oh, you have to make this ammo and then put it in this specific gun because then it'll not use all the, the entire clip, and then that you can put into a different gun because uh, you can't finish a map uh, or a puzzle if you don't have full health and if you don't if all the weapons uh, don't have ammo in them. So you have to be very specific, but uh, it wasn't too difficult to get through uh, once I figured it out. And then I wrapped up with all the achievements that were on there, which wasn't too tough to do. Uh, The trickiest ones were ones for getting all the uh, herb combos Mm -hmm. that you can make and one for examining all the items in the game. So I kind of had to use a little checklist just to go back to other stages and find the stuff I needed. But it's a, it's a fun couple of hours to go through that stuff. Uh, So Mm -hmm. there's that. Uh, Yeah, I've been playing some more ape escape on the PS five, kind of working my way through that. Still enjoying that a lot. And I definitely have reached points where there are stuff that uh, was not in the original demos for that game. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Because I got the the slingshot, and I'm like, wait, wasn't I supposed to get the big ring that lets you run around? I'm either remembering that from a demo, or I'm remembering that from Ape Escape 2, I forget. Uh, But I got that afterwards, uh, after the the slingshot. And the slingshot's uh, a whole weird thing, uh, because you can kind of use it without going into first-person, but your best move in that is first-person mode, to have more specific aiming. Uh, and then I I kind of got better at the game once I realized that the, the D-pad can be used for camera controls instead of just uh, recentering it all the time and trying to manipulate the camera to work the way that I want it to. So uh, I'm still good bits early on in that game, but we're going to wait through it and enjoy it a lot. It's uh, still a very fun game here in 2020. Uh, let's see. I did a stream the other day playing some smaller games on PlayStation Plus. Uh, Extra, I think, is the, the tier for that. And the the one that stood out to me a lot is a game called Gabuchi. I believe it's a... I think it's an Axis Games title made by a studio called Hand. Uh, and that's H period, A period, N period, D period. Uh, and I believe this was the... the first game that they worked on together, but I believe it also, that studio has gone on to work on a number of things. Uh, I'm going to double check uh, for that, because I think they've worked on a good bit of stuff here. Okay, yeah, because it's a, it's a fairly simple puzzle game. Uh, I would liken it to games like Box Boy and Box Girl. Uh, in that kind of style of puzzle platformers that kind of have a lot of devious level design, uh, puzzle design kind of thing. Uh, the the big uh, difference here is that this game is about you controlling this character and you jumping uh, and either switching between the the two main colors you have, white and red. Uh, if you're white, you will eat up the white blocks; red to eat up the red blocks. So if you want to stand on a block, you have to be the opposite color kind of thing. And it has a little handy guide for tricks in the game. So there's a lot of little uh, mechanics there that you might not necessarily uh, figure out right away. Uh, So they give you some stuff there, but uh, they do some really good puzzle design. And your, your goal for each stage is generally just to get to the end and eat the heart that is on the stage but there are two bonus goals that generally are uh, eat till Gabuchi is satisfied. You'll see uh, these heart meters at the top left corner. That's a fill up as you go. And if you eat the right amount of blocks, usually it's enough to solve the puzzle uh, and then fill them up. Uh, Then the last one is for doing that with a, within a certain limit of color switches. So you have to figure out how to do that, you know, as efficiently as possible. And so you get both of those—you get the end of a stage, and it, you get a bunch of clapping, uh, applause. Uh, but the the less of those goals you do, you get less and less clapping until you just essentially barely complete a puzzle, and you get one person clapping, in a very kind of sarcastic manner. Uh, that I really like. Uh, it has some good music and all that. Uh, Be yeah, like. Yeah, I'm looking at the the developers page now. They worked on the, the Digimon games, Digimon Story, and Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Mm. Uh, they worked on the uh, Tokyo 2020 official video game. They worked on Neo: The World Ends with You. Uh, that kind of stuff. They even worked on the the Centennial, the Centennial Case, mm. the the new Square Enix you know FMV adventure game thing as well they I think they're main developer on all those games. Um, they do do some extra work uh, as they worked on Dragon Ball Z Kakarot at least for the Switch I think. So they've they've been out there doing some stuff after they did Kabuchi. Yeah. So that's a game I definitely recommend people that are fans of you know puzzle platformers and ones that you know definitely like to push you to figure out some tough puzzles. Yeah. Uh, the trophies are pretty easy just to unlock all the, the worlds of puzzles that they have, cool. which I think you only have to do, uh, finish eight puzzles to unlock the next world. So you can kind of unlock the the whole gambits. There's 12 in each world, so you can unlock the whole gambits much earlier. And then I think the last one is for just beating the last puzzle. Yeah. So you don't necessarily have to beat every single puzzle and, you know, max them all out or anything. Right. Uh, but it's, uh, not a not a hugely difficult one if you're at least getting the hang of the puzzle solutions mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's been fun, and the last game I've been playing is Rocket League, just enjoying that a lot uh yeah. they're gonna be doing a anniversary event here in the next few days, the seventh anniversary of the game's launch right, uh which is wild to think that's been seven years, but yeah yeah, uh I reached account level one thousand today. Wow. Uh, which is wild that uh, I managed to hit that. But yeah, with it's synced with the way that you get levels for the battle passes. So if you get at least a hundred in each battle pass, you know, that's 10 of them, which isn't too hard though. I played a bunch before they started the battle pass stuff and mm-hmm. haven't maxed out every single battle pass, but have been uh, just playing a lot over the years. So I was no surprised to get that, and you get a special, uh, like, avatar banner, or avatar border thing that goes around your avatar for your player card. So, yeah, that's uh that's been it for me. So, Brandon, how about you?
3: Well, uh, as for me, I am still playing Skyrim. Um, I am... One of the things I'm doing differently than I did when I first played this game years ago is I'm actively trying to go off the beaten path. Uh, because the first time I played this, I was sort of at this point where I was like, I'm going to stick to the main story. Um, and if I come across anything, you know, on that pathway, I might go out and try and do it. And one of the things I've been doing is trying out some of the DLC um, that is included in modern versions now, like, uh, you know, the Dawn Guard and, um, you know, the stuff where you where you, like, leave Skyrim and go across the sea to Solstheim. Um, I would strongly recommend to most people that you go through, uh, some other stuff a bit before you try the DLC, because the DLC kind of seems to, um, suggest, or at least seems to think that by the time you've gotten to this point in the game, you've already gotten through a good chunk of of the game. Um, because a lot of the enemy, a lot of the like new enemies you encounter in those uh, DLC campaigns tend to be a lot stronger than uh, when you're typically just starting out. Like I'm only on le- like I'm only level twenty now. I'm level twenty now, and some of those uh, enemies are still a little too difficult. Um, so, also, I would recommend that you know uh, go out of your way to try and track down, you know, those things where you can work learn new shouts because uh, you're definitely going to need them in some of these other campaigns, especially the ones like, you know, Unrelenting Force and uh, the Fire Breath and Ice Breath shouts. Otherwise, uh, it's going to be a little difficult. Um, I mean, the good thing, of course, about about Skyrim is that, you know, if you want to decide to just go and grind, you know, it's Skyrim, so even if you are grinding, it's still pretty enjoyable. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, I'm still playing that. Um, And as for the quarry, well, I'm also playing that too. Uh, I'm, I think I got two chapters left before I'm finished with it. Um, And so far, everybody has managed to survive. Uh, I, well, that's not Absolutely true. There was one point where uh, I can't remember if it was Zoe who was running away from one of the creatures and she had there was that point where she has to jump and grab onto the zip line to get across the lake. Uh, but I missed the quick time event I did. And so she ended up plummeting to her death and cracking against a uh, rocky outcropping at the bottom. But the good thing about this game is that when that happens, it'll let it'll give you the chance to like sort of bring them back to life, because basically every character with these things has, like, three uh, lives, quote-unquote, that you can give them. And the thing I decided was that, you know, if anybody is going to die in this game, it's going to be because I'm the one who decided to kill them, not because I messed up on a QTE. Um, but, you know, other than that, um, you know, it's enjoyable. It's just, you know, you if you I I it's if you've seen one of these types of stories you can definitely like tell the kind of clichés they're going for and you know like like I said last time I'm trying to play this game like a person who actually has watched several of those movies and because I know half of the cast in this game is absolutely brain dead I'm trying to make sure that they make some at least somewhat intelligent decisions um but, yeah, that's what I've been doing. So, Dan, uh, what about you?
1: Yeah, uh, I haven't been playing too much uh, over the last week, as uh, it's been a pretty busy week for me as far as work goes. Um, but I did, uh, as we talked about last week, um, when we talked about uh, the Tycho game, I went ahead and downloaded that one. It was on Xbox Game Pass. And mm-hmm. uh I spent a good amount of time on it. You know, it's, it's not something I'll be playing, like, every day. But I played for like maybe two or three hours as soon as i downloaded it um so it's yeah it's taiko no toxigen and um yeah like for for those who haven't played it's just one of those drum games but on the xbox series x controller it's really just uh the a and the b button and um a lot of the buttons on the controller will serve the same purpose so it's really just a matter of like finding your own comfort zone there and Mm -hmm. like the, the songs that i've played um are all very anime-ish. Like uh the song mm-hmm. that I played the most was uh um homura from uh, which is uh, primarily known from uh, Demon Slayer, specifically the Demon Slayer movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah I liked that one quite a bit. Some of the other songs included uh uh the Jana uh, the the Dragon Ball um song uh Bluebird mm-hmm. from Narin so a lot of like anime stuff which shouldn't be all that surprising considering Bandai Namco pretty much does all anime IP uh that being mm-hmm. said there is some game stuff in there um headlined by like a lot of uh and nipples rpgs like there, there's the um the battle song from tales of arise um mm-hmm. you have um megalovania from uh undertale which is a really stressful song to play on hard mode and oh, yeah. uh, you know it's a the typical way with uh um with these rhythm games is that sometimes normal mode is easier than the easy mode just because like especially if it's if you're if you're familiar with the song and you just go ahead and tap to the beat um it's just easier with normal because with the easy mode it's just, there's just not enough um commands and you know you end up overdoing it whereas it's easier to do in 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 the medium modes um but yeah like aside from that like uh, i've been playing like uh, some some classical music as well like they have that song that's normally played during the fireworks on 4th of July Mm-hmm. much tomorrow so that could be a cool cool song to pl- uh, play the game too um but yeah it's but that, that that's been a lot of fun like i said it's 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 not going to be a game that i play forever but i definitely enjoyed what i've played so far
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: moving on uh i picked up some more tales of arise um and it, it, it's really just going back to the motions uh, i i finally beat that second dungeon i was talking about but the main way i got through it was i just went back to um the base and bought some uh, orange gels so that you know uh, my character's wasting uh, magic power wouldn't necessarily waste it so hard. But well, one thing that I'm finding is that it's hard to find money in that game, so it's not exact or at, at that point in the game, so uh, it's not exactly easy to be spamming uh, you know items and, and and things like that. And then lastly, I also downloaded Live Alive after the uh, Nintendo Direct presentation, but I haven't played it yet, so I don't have much to say yet. But that's about it. All right.
0: All right. So, yeah, let's get to some news. And, yeah, first up here is an important bundle on itch.io. It's the Mm -hmm. indie bundle for abortion funds. Yeah. uh, Benefiting, I think they are, uh, yeah, going to the National Network for Abortion Funds Collective Power Fund, Mm -hmm. which moves money directly to abortion funds across 20-plus U.S. states, with a particular focus on the South and Midwest. Uh, where it is often most difficult to get access to abortions. Uh, So that is where the money here, it's a minimum of $10 for right now, nearly 800 games and other items in there. Uh, So you get a quite a lot. Uh, They are still taking submissions and adding stuff uh, as they go. So you may still get over 800 uh, items or so here. Uh, There's a lot of good indie stuff in here, smaller stuff uh to check out. Uh, but yeah, if you don't want to go through uh just to support, they have links to uh, other places to go uh for that kind of stuff and other ways to support yeah. uh the fight for reproductive rights as well. So definitely yeah. worth checking out. It's available for another ten days, just over ten days. And, yeah, they their goal is at 50000 right now. They are almost at 25000 yeah, uh, in less than a day. So I think they'll blow past that uh, for that. So, yeah, that's a, a great uh, way to get some money out there and get some neat little games to check out and play. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for other services that give you a bunch of games to play, uh, it is a new month, so new lineups for PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold. Uh, for PlayStation Plus, they have three new games here. Uh, the big one is Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time for PS5 and PS4. It
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, gets you a very good new Crash Bandicoot game that is that does not go easy on you at all. Yeah. Uh, very much like the, the other Crash games, if you intend to you know, 100% them, go for all the extra bonuses and such, yeah. uh, it will push you to your limits for that stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, it does not go easy on you for that stuff, but uh still worth checking out. You're into mm-hmm. platformers and all that, so there you go. Uh, let's see, next one here, the Dark Pictures Anthology, Man of Medan. Mm-hmm. That's the, the first of the Dark Pictures Anthology games.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, that I believe features... Oh, what's his face? I think it's uh, uh, Sean, yeah, Sean Ashmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's been in a, a bunch of stuff as well as the... Uh, what was the other game stuff he was in? Quantum Break. That's right. He was the main guy in Quantum Break. Yep. Uh, but you might also know him as Iceman in the X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, as well as in a bunch of other stuff over the oh, years. Yeah. So, uh, that's a neat little game there. And the last one here is mm-hmm. Uh for PS4 and PS5. That is a game that at least was an early access i don't know if it still is but it's a uh what is it like a 3v3 kind of mix of pve and pvp gameplay As you uh okay i think it's 4v4 maybe mm-hmm. explore biomes complete mini games find hidden chests battle a bunch of enemies and bosses and sometimes other players so mm. uh, that's a a neat-looking game. I'm looking forward to check that out. and That'll be going up here uh, July 5th through August 1st. sort of the the first PlayStation Plus update for uh, all of the uh, regions having the new PlayStation Plus now. So this is for all essential members, uh, which would be everybody that has PlayStation Plus at this Mm -hmm. point. Uh, So there you go. Uh, for games with gold, uh, the lineup's maybe not so great. Uh, let's see, for the newer stuff starting July 1st, available now Beast of Maravilla Island. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've even heard of this game before, but it seems like it's a 3D adventure game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we take on the role of a young wildlife photographer who traverses Maravilla Island's magical ecosystems. Discover extraordinary creatures, learn their behaviors, most importantly, photograph their majesty. That mm-hmm. so at least sounds like a, a neat little chill kind of game.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, so there you go for that. Uh, available July sixteenth, Relicta. I believe that is a like first person puzzle game
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, of sorts. Uh, so uh, yeah, physics based puzzle game first person all that kind of stuff to uh, do that stuff so there you go
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, one of those uh, for the the older stuff uh, starting July 1st to the 15th mm-hmm. thrillville off the rails that is a a park uh, theme park kind of simulator game tycoon game of sorts uh, for the the 360. Uh, so there you go. You can check that out. Uh, that's published by Disney. Mm-hmm. That's a little surprising, but uh, that's Frontier, who's gone on to make uh, a few other park games since then. Uh, and probably the, the best game of this bunch starting on July 16th is Torchlight. The original Torchlight for XBLA.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, that is a uh, you know Diablo-style action RPG. Uh, where you are choosing from among three classes. And kind of the, the big knock on the game is that you are basically exploring one dungeon.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there aren't multiples. It's just a randomly generated dungeon that is, you know, essentially endless. And you're just kind of constantly grinding as you keep going uh, through it and doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a game where I played it on Steam and realized how uh, silly the uh, the achievements are for it. Uh, it's like, oh, catch like 10,000 fish. And it's like, like the hell I'm going to do that mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. But there you go, Torchlight. That's a pretty mm-hmm. good one of those uh, and works, works well on a controller.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, before, you know, the Diablo team made their big controller conversion for Diablo 3.
2: That
0: mm-hmm. worked really well, so there you go. That's some yeah. decent stuff there. So yeah, uh, but Nintendo decided not to let Nintendo, and Micro or let Sony and Microsoft steal a hundred on subscription services, and decided to put out a f- pack of four games for Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion pack for the Genesis app. Uh, and they put out some some notable games here. Mm -hmm. Uh, First one up is comic zone and you just beat them up. That's set in the uh, pages of a comic. It's an all right game. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's target earth that is sort of a mech shooter of sorts. Yeah. Uh, A game that I know people like a lot, but not one that probably a lot of people know about.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, So that's one worth checking out. There's zero wing, a side scrolling shooter. Uh, made by Toa Plan, uh who's made a bunch of these kind of games.
2: hmm
0: So you can get one of those. And the last one is a, a bit of a surprise. It's Mega Man The Wily Wars. mm mm-hmm. uh, Which is a like a, a, a remake of the, the first three Mega Man games, but for the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says here, beat all three games to unlock Wily Tower, where you can challenge an original boss. Mm-hmm. So I want to say that game is in some collection.
3: Certainly sounds like it. Uh, I mean, I know there's like... A...
0: It was in the the Genesis Mini.
3: Yeah, that's what I thought.
0: And then, uh, yeah, that seems to be the, the big thing. I'm surprised Capcom never put it in one of their collections. Oh, well, it was also on the, the Wii Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. Just in case you needed to, to know that. So there you go. Uh, pretty decent selection of games there for that Genesis, and I'm still unsure what games are potentially coming out for either of these services in the future. If only there was a uh, a a place to announce things that could be coming to their subscription service at some point. Oh well, uh, we got some dates here for stuff coming out in the near future uh, over the next few months, uh, August. 11th is Arcade Paradise. Uh, That's coming to all the PlayStations, Xboxes, Switch, and PC. Uh, this is a game where uh, you are managing an arcade. Uh, you've taken over your family's laundromat and decided to turn it into an arcade uh, to be something way more exciting than a laundromat. And so you have uh, your car blanche to buy new machines for uh, your arcade. Uh, they say they have over 35 arcade games, not real ones, but ones that are all original uh, with their own gameplay stories, missions, and high scores, the set. And yeah, inspired by three decades of arcade gaming uh, from the 80s up to the 32-bit era mm-hmm. of stuff. And so you got uh, all that kind of stuff to uh, deal with. And I guess the the weird thing is the the father figure is played by the guy that voices Geralt of Rivia mm-hmm. in The Witcher, <laughs> so you can get berated by that guy. Yeah, if you uh, do poor business, I guess.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's one to that keep keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Next up is a game that uh, has been out for quite a while: Fantasy Star Online Two. And Fantasy Star Online 2 new Genesis are finally coming to the West for the PS4.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, August 31st, the free-to-play uh, sort of action MMO uh, is finally coming to the West on something that's not an Xbox.
2: hmm
0: uh, so that's great news. Uh that's been uh let's see, that's been out in Japan since 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people have been wondering when that stuff was going to come over, if it was going to be just a pure Xbox exclusive for good, because they seem to be the ones that bankrolled the localization and all that. So mm-hmm. that's great news. Uh, and yeah, the the other ones, let's see, There was a beta version that was cloud-based, which I'm assuming is not in uh, service anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Switch has it as well, but it's a cloud streaming game. Which might actually work okay in its favor, but Mm -hmm. that one has not made it over yet. I believe that's one of those games where they use some sort of uh, location service to make sure that you're actually in Japan. So you can't necessarily play it outside, unless you get some really tricky stuff, I guess. Uh, That's August 31st. And yeah, let's see. Also happening in August, no specific date yet, but that is the month. Uh, a game is coming to the West, I think the first for this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the uh, the Boku no Natsu Yasumi series, mm-hmm. sort of summer vacation series. Uh, but this time it Shinchan Shin-Chan themed. Yep. Shin-Chan, right yep. a title that is way too long. Mm-hmm. Shinchan, me, and the professor on summer vacation. The endless seven-day journey. Yep. Uh, where the uh, the what is the the family ha- name Nohara? Nohara yep. family is going on a vacation. I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I f- forget what the story is. I think the the father is going on like a potential business trip or something,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: decides to take the family with him. It's, uh, the father, the mom, uh, Shinchan and the dog. And I think the, the sister, the baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, Shin Chan gets to go around and talk to people and do a bunch of stuff, uh, every day, I guess for the, the week based on what the title says, mm-hmm. uh, doing various things, catching bugs, catching fish, meeting people, taking pictures, uh, so, does, like, morning exercise, you can grow vegetables, you can do errands for the stores, you can mm-hmm. befriend other kids and play this dinosaur game, mm-hmm. uh, like, collect these dino cards for that stuff, or become a DJ. Mm. The weird thing is, it's is always kind of a chill kind of series, and Shin-Chan's not a chill child.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's all about chaos. Oh, yeah. And being a thorn in everybody's side, so I'm... Yep. Curious, the, uh, the vibes of this game. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it could be chill vibes, but with plenty of uh, weirdness. So I'm assuming they're not going to localize the voice acting, if there's any in this. I said it will just be all... Oh, well, they do have voice acting, but this all just mentions Japanese. So I think all the Japanese voices are in this. So there you go. That's a surprising game that's coming over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Switch and PS4 in August at some point, so we'll probably have a date at another time, but there you go. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of October dates here. High on Life that just got announced during the summer game, or the, the, the Xbox and Bethesda showcase during Summer Game Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a date of October 25th uh, for the Xbox platforms. Uh, Steam and Epic Game Store, it'll also be on Game Pass as well. So there you go. That's the, the Squanch Games title,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which is run by the guy that makes Rick and Morty.
3: Yeah,
2: so it has
0: all of that kind of humor to it. Oh yeah. So you can check that out. October twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. I guess right around the same time as the the new Call of Duty Modern mm-hmm. referred to So that's that's a hell of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. We talked about Star Ocean having an event last week. mm mm-hmm. uh, That happened, and they announced a date, October 27th, uh, for the PlayStation's Xboxes and PC. so that is actually going to be out here in a few months. hmm And they show more gameplay, and it seems like they've definitely put in a bit, uh, bit more work
2: mm-hmm. into this.
0: It looks better than the game did the last time we saw it. Mm-hmm which is expected and good because mm-hmm. it definitely did not look like it ran well.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, but you can go watch that whole showcase to learn more about the game, how it works and all that. So mm-hmm. uh, there you go. I believe it features a couple characters from one of the original games.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm not hundred percent sure which ones. Uh, Cause I don't know those games super well.
1: So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah, I mean um I, I don't know if it'll like move the needle much as far as like releases this year although you know there probably isn't tough to say I mean like this year is probably like one of the weaker years aside from uh, Elden Ring but all that aside um this trailer looks a whole lot better than the one they showed initially like way better it's not even close. So yeah, it's 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 definitely on my radar now. I just uh it's 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 tough to see it really making a dent as far as like uh, the greater things that uh, Square Enix is actually working on. But I'm I'm still looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. That's one of the, the 50 things they have coming out in the next year. Uh, so they're hoping for something will appeal to most people. Mm-hmm. And yeah, speaking of appealing to people, Digital Clips announced what their next project is. It is the, let's see, Atari 50, the anniversary celebration. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's supposed to be out this winter I believe it's gonna be on everything playstation xbox switch and p c yeah it includes over ninety games uh bunch of them are you know probably gonna be a lot of the stuff you expect uh but it includes platforms that you don't usually see in these kind of collections let's see they include uh arcade stuff twenty six hundred fifty two hundred seventy eight hundred mm. atari eight bit computers and the Lynx and the jaguar mm mm-hmm. I think those two platforms there at the end are ones that generally do not get included in Atari collections, mm-hmm. for generally good reasons because there's not very many good games on those. Mm. Uh, and those are just two very, very weird platforms in sort of the the final throes of uh, what that era of Atari uh, could do as a hardware platform, mm-hmm. where they tried to stay relevant in some way.
3: Yeah, um the Jaguar in particular just an, it was basically a punchline like shortly after it was released and I mean there were that, that thing had so many issues um right down to the fact that they had to put pad on the damn controllers yeah for reasons I guess um also the games were just shit <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I don't think there were very many of those that were any good. Yeah. Like, there's was, like, a Tempest game that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe Alien vs. Predator was good. Mm-hmm. As well as, like, not many of those. Yeah. They had, like, versions of, like, NBA Jam and Rayman on there. and
2: hmm
0: A bunch of stuff you're like, wait, how the hell did the Atari Jaguar get Rayman? Mm-hmm. Uh, then it has, like, shit, like... White Men Can't Jump.
3: And Kasumi Ninja, which was a just awful Mortal Kombat clone. When yeah. those when those types of games were just everywhere.
0: White Men Can't Jump is a, a notable game because it looks like a game where the devs bought a font package and wanted to make use of every single font.
3: Every single that. damn one.
0: Because <laughs> every message is in a different font. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was high-voltage software that worked on that. So that was a, a weird thing. Yeah, there's a version of Doom on this, uh, stuff like that. There's a Bubsy game, because, of course, mm-hmm. there was. Yeah, there's a kart racing game on there, Atari Karts, mm-hmm. I guess, in this collection. I think I saw a screenshot of that as I was uh, trying to figure out, like, wait, what the hell is this? And I was like, oh, this is them being like, hey, Super Mario Kart's pretty good. Uh, we could do that. Mm-hmm. I doubt it was all that good, but it was one of the good ones. I don't know. But yeah, over 90 games, including those things, they're going to have a bunch of extra content. As they say, there's interactive timelines that you know show you when games uh, released, have interviews with various people that created games and all that archival images, special source material, behind the scenes content. And that kind of stuff, over 60 minutes of exclusive video interviews with key players in the games industry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they put a key feature is everything unlocked. You do not have to unlock anything in this. Mm. It seems like a shot at a number of other collections where they hide a bunch of stuff. Mm. Like Sonic Origins, I believe, does that. Uh, but yeah, that's that seems neat. There's also six new games in this collection. Oh, Really? Uh, let's see. There's one called Sword Quest Airworld, uh, which I think Sword Quest was a series of like sci-fi games or something like that. Uh, and there was supposed to be a fourth one that never happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so they used the uh, yeah design concepts that were uh, that they came up with for a fourth game and then made it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Haunted Houses,
2: mm-hmm.
0: a follow-up to Haunted House. The it's a Modern 3D vox- voxel based sequel mm-hmm. featuring more houses, more spooky situations, and more urns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vector Sector, which has none of the vowels in that name, so mm-hmm. uh, it's a mashup celebration of the Vector era of gaming, combines the gameplay from Asteroids, Tempest, and other Vector based arcade classics into a single continuous challenge.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's Neo Breakout, which seems to combine Breakout and Pong mm-hmm. as a two player competitive game. Mm-hmm with a modern graphic style. There's Quadra Tank, a follow-up to the the Tank series mm-hmm. that has four-player, multiplayer stuff in there. So mm-hmm. there's that. And then there's Yars' Revenge Reimagined. Oh, right. A new like remake of that original game. Yeah, I believe with Howard Scott Warshaw working on this new one yeah. as well.
3: Yeah, Yars' Revenge is a game I remember shockingly very detailed backstory for a game for a time when, you know, pretty much video games at the time were, hey, here's a block. Try to get it to this other block.
0: Yeah, it's it's a game that you could be mistaken for seeing a screenshot of it and thinking this was like uh, you know, color testing software or something mm-hmm.
3: like that. It isn't. It's actually yeah. really fun, but yeah. it's uh, If you can figure it out. If but, you can figure it out, yeah. because uh,
0: It's not... Typical type of mechanics. Yeah. Also,
3: uh, just to be completely honest, uh, controllers for the Atari Twenty Six, uh, they kind of work to like only fifty percent of the time. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, I, I will admit
0: this is kind of interesting. Um. And it seems like it'll be a $40 collection, too. Yeah. So it seems like a, a lot of value for that, especially for the, the extra stuff mm-hmm. that is going into this. And yeah, that's a of, of good extra content, which is great for these kinds of collections. Like, mm-hmm. give people a way to learn more about the, the company and the people that worked on these games and all that, and outside of just going to a Wikipedia page and hoping that they cover everything about it. Um, but yeah, there you go. That's one of the most interesting things announced this week.
1: Yeah, I think the key thing with with, with this uh, content pack is just like you said, it's going to be the uh, extra content, especially since like you know nowadays. I'm I'm pretty sure it reopens, but like uh, here we have like a, a video game museum where you can just check things out, but at the same time, like, like you don't have this or experience you can actually get from a game. So this this will be pretty cool. Um, I'd say it's needed only because like a lot of these games are. Super duper simplistic, and you probably won't spend more than like, you know, ten minutes with any of them at a time. But you know, that being said, it, it is pretty cool to like read about these things. So it's 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 solid.
0: Yeah, Digital Clips does good work on this kind of stuff. Uh, I believe they're the ones working on the TMNT collection as well. So they got busy stuff to do for this for this fall. Hmm. So yeah, there you go. That's the the Atari collection. One of the most interesting things. Announced for this week. Mm. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Seal Stars has been delayed to 2023. Uh, I was supposed to be out this holiday. As I double-checked, it was announced during a uh, Nintendo Indie World showcase as like a holiday game coming to the Switch and PC. So uh, that seems to no longer be the case. Uh, I believe this is one of those games that is influenced by, I think it's Suikoden uh where you can gather a bunch of people uh for your team and all that so there you go and yeah this is the this is the game that is like a precursor to the messenger uh which is a wild thing to make a pre uh, you know a prequel to a game like the messenger that is uh an RPG a completely different kind of game uh, that supposedly somehow ties into it but
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah if they're gonna make that kind of game definitely uh go in and take it uh all the way do all the time you need for this stuff
1: yeah yeah it's definitely a real bummer i mean like uh as soon as this was unveiled it was probably like one of my most anticipated games of the year but you know what we can wait and like you said you know um as a precursor to, to the messenger, like it's, it's a wonder that they're able to go ahead and shift genres like that. But everything yeah. about this game like looks great. I'm really looking forward to it. And man, 2023 is going to be a heck of a busy year if games actually hit because Oh yeah. Everything is coming out in
0: 2023. Yeah. But yeah, there you go for that. And that is the end of uh, new stuff here. That's outside of the direct. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a couple of acquisitions. Uh, Blizzard has uh, announced that they are going to be acquiring the studio Proletariat.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: they are the developers of a Spellbreak, a, a battle royale that was all based around mage. Yep. Uh, mages, you know, casting spells, the uh, mm-hmm. elemental spells kind of stuff and seeing how it all comes together, but they recently announced that, that game is shutting down mm-hmm. uh, early next year, and this followed shortly after, so it seems like Uh, From what they said, uh, that team of 100 staff will work on World of Warcraft Mm -hmm. after this acquisition goes through uh, for their upcoming expansion for that. So that seems like it's not final yet, but uh, good that these people get to keep working. Hopefully this is something they want to work on, but uh, let's see for that. So Blizzard gets uh, some more talent there. And Microsoft gets more talent if that goes through sometime next year. Uh, so there you go. And the other acquisition here is a acquisition that's pretty low-key. 505 Games acquired uh-huh. mobile publisher D3 Go. Uh, the thing that's notable here is D3 Go was the mobile arm of D3 Publisher.
2: Uh-huh. It was
0: owned by Bandai Namco. And this was the company that essentially owned the Puzzle Quest. Franchise IP, all that. So, uh, 505 Games owns uh, the company Infinity Plus Two, who made the Puzzle Quest games. Uh, so they own the developer and they decided, oh, we'll buy this uh, this company and get the, the IP that they primarily work with here. Uh, so get all the, the Puzzle Quest games, Marvel Puzzle Quest. I like think they have a Magic the Gathering Puzzle Quest game as well on mobile. Uh, so they will be able to own all of it, and I believe they said they are planning on you know keeping all the games mm-hmm. uh, that they have been working on, you know continuing to operate and uh, additional investments to keep new content coming.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so that'll be uh, good to see that the team was only eight people, uh, so they'll be working with the uh, the home town office in the United States for five games in California. So luckily nobody's going to be losing their jobs in this process, but interesting that puzzle quest is a notable thing to be acquired at this point. Mm -hmm. They just launched puzzle quest three that people are not really happy with all of the microtransactions in it. So maybe this will help give them more reason to invest further in that to take it where that game can go.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The ironic thing is that the, the devs infinity uh, interactive plus uh, basically also have a game that is puzzle quest as a free to play game. Jim's of war mm-hmm. that is done. Right. Yep. So that's uh that's a thing there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Let's get to the, the last two new stories here. that are the two worst things. Yeah. Uh, This week seemed to be the week where people just decided uh, to start harassing uh, developers of games that people are very excited about and decide they can't just be uh, normal people and wait patiently for things to happen and, you know, be happy they get a new thing in a franchise they like. Mm -hmm. So I just be super toxic and awful people. Mm -hmm. First up, Ron Gilbert's, uh, uh, one of the original people that helped create the Monkey Island series, uh, particularly those first two games, mm-hmm. and ironically goes by the internet handle Grumpy Gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's his blog name as well. Yeah. Uh, has decided to shut off comments on his blog mm-hmm. because people just been super shitty to him after the Nintendo Direct Mini where they showed off to Monkey Island gameplay and the, the art style that it has there. Mm-hmm. Uh, which looks really good to me. A lot of people are offended by this art style. I've been just saying super shitty things to him. Yeah. On there to the point that he decided, you know, fuck this. Uh, I'm not going to allow comments on the blog anymore. And I'm not going to talk about the game anymore until it launches. So great job. You got yeah. somebody who loved to talk to fans and such over the years and speak openly and all that to not do that anymore. hmm you know, comments like, waited 30 years for this, just when I wanted to say, whatever you do, don't make it a leftist, multi gender BS. I saw this ill graphic style. This yeah. can't be saved anymore. We'll definitely not buy it. Yeah. Or this is the product of a person who hates what he created and is proving to all you ass lickers that he never wanted to make another. Uh, which, here's the thing. Every Monkey Island game had a different art style than the last.
3: Oh yeah, uh, the first game was very uh, pix- was pretty pixely, and then Lachette's Revenge came around, and it was uh, cartoony. It was like,
0: yeah, it's like two fifty six color, like super yeah. advanced, like sprite look, and then moved to like a a cartoony style that like the the Sam and Max games had. Yeah, and then they went to three D. And there's Tales of Monkey Island that Telltale had in their art style yep. kind of thing. And this one's going back to a 2D style. It's very, uh, very stylized and looks really good.
3: Yeah. And there was one person who was bitching about the fact, God, oh, they made the sword teacher a black lady for diversity, but you can, which proves that they never had played any of the games because the sword teacher in those games has always been all the way to the first one.
0: Also, these are pirate games where they're set in the Caribbean.
3: Yeah. Like, do you know what there are a lot of black people were enslaved in the Caribbean?
0: Yeah. And there were
3: a lot of black people who were also pirates. Yeah. Have you, uh, you know, it's, I really hate gamers. Yeah. I really do. I, I hate the whole damn thing.
0: Yeah. It- Dominic Armato, who the voice of uh, Guybrush has been speaking up about this as well. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, you're getting paid to this. Like, I wasn't even on these games until like the third one. Yeah. Cause they didn't have voices. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was a fan that got lucky to be picked to be the voice actor for Guybrush. Mm-hmm. So he's not paid to be a shill. Mm-hmm. He's just standing up for people whose work he likes. Even Neil Druckmann came out. I was like, yeah, I don't want anybody else working on monkey Island games, except for these people. Mm-hmm. They're great people. And that's all I want to see and shut off his own fan art that he made as a kid or when he was younger. And he's like, I'm not the one that should be making these kind of games. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the art looks fine, but yeah, it's like, these are exactly the people that you want. If you don't like this art style, that's one thing getting super shitty and attacking him over it Mm -hmm. is a whole other thing. That's just over the line.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, there's really a comment on, on Kotaku about it. The whole quote of like, Whatever you do, don't make it a leftist multicultural bullshit. I saw this little graphic style. Like again, like what 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 does that even mean? It's just, it's really just a whole bunch of bigots complaining. And like again, it's been how many years since the last real Monkey Island title? And like like you guys said, the the the, the visuals have always changed. And like when you go back to the series roots, it's all been like pixelated two hundred and fifty six color stuff that we didn't even really see in, in HD. And like, I know when I saw the trailer during the direct, I was pretty impressed by it. And I haven't even played one of these games. And
2: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah, like, it's really, really hard to be a developer, especially in the days we have right now. And, you know, just to be reading this stuff when, you know, your entire team is excited, you're excited. And you know yourself, like, what this game is compared to the rest. And, you know, all these people are making these random generalizations that literally have no meaning to what anybody is talking about. It's just dumb. So, yeah, we should just shut down the discussion. You know, just, just release the game and we'll all be happy with it. I'm looking forward to it. So, like, you know, I um, hope nobody on the team took it personally. I'm sure no one did. I mean, like, we we saw this stuff with the Wind Waker. Like, Nintendo didn't even put the game in the Nintendo Power because they didn't want to see what kind of, like, comments they got. But,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, like, <laughs> you shouldn't be mad in art, at an art style. This is actually the one thing that actually makes the medium unique. And, you know like, embrace it, but yeah, I just, yeah. you know, you obviously just want people to be better.
0: Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, that continued with God of War Ragnarok, mm-hmm. a game people are excited about, and all that. Yeah. The the constant thing with leaks and such about this game is like, oh, is it coming out this year, or is it next year? I uh, heard this, I heard that, and all this kind of stuff, and uh-huh. it's led to the devs getting harassed. Uh, I think one of the, the women on the team even got sent dick pics by some asshole who just decided, like, that's the way to get a release date. Uh-huh. Uh, see, like I don't know if the the message there is uh, his dick is ugly enough that it's going to force her to give him a release date to stop seeing it uh-huh. or something. I don't know. It's, it seems like a, a thing that just you know, telling on yourself more than trying to prove anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, Corey Bologs can get in questions all the time. People have been taking screenshots of people like, I need to know the date so I can, you know, uh, schedule the rest of my year. And it's like, what the fuck lack of shit you got to do in your life that you have to schedule the rest of your year around this one game uh, kind of thing. And as he's tweeted telling people like, Hey, uh let's see. Are you fucking kidding me with this now? I cannot believe I even have to say this, but don't fucking send dick pics to anyone on this team or anyone in this industry for this for that matter. Mm-hmm. They're busting their ass to make some something for you to enjoy.
2: Mm-hmm. Show
0: some fucking respect. And yeah, he also put out a message based on being like, Yeah, I can't announce a date just because you yell at me because that is all set by, you know, Sony. Uh, they're the ones setting all the the marketing, messaging, and all that schedule stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, so stop asking. And Corey's the person that loves to respond to people all the time on Twitter. And so of just, like, after all those messages put out, uh, he put out, he put out that's uh, a big gif of God of War being like, we're still fucking coming out with this game. it's mm-hmm. like, fuck off to all the haters. We're still working on this game. Mm-hmm. kind of thing it's like yeah it's like if you want a damn game shut the fuck up let the people that are making the thing you're excited for
1: finish it yeah, yeah I mean, like, just, just, just wait for it Every, like, all, all the best things are worth waiting for and you know it'll come out and like this, whole, this guy's whole argument oh yeah I need to plan out the rest of my year so I can play a 20 hour game like fuck off like even people in games media don't do that this is actually our job Like, you know, no one's telling you to play the game right away. If you wait, the game will probably be on sale. Like, what the hell's your problem, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, And that forced uh, Sony Santa Monica Studio to put up a a big uh, image saying, every single person at Santa Monica Studio is working to create a game that we're proud of. One that we hope you will enjoy playing once released. Mm -hmm. Our fans inspire us and we understand the passion and desire for more information but that passion should not be toxic nor come at the expense of any human being's dignity. Let's celebrate our community by treating each other, every gamer and developer alike with respect. Like a number of other Sony studios, uh, quote retweeted that to add on to their own things. I think at least Naughty Dog uh, was one of those where they've been the subject of a bunch of their own people, people getting harassed and all that. So yeah, it's just, some disgusting stuff and I'm betting a lot of these people are just some of the, the shitty people you see on social media that just yell at people just for the hell of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: They make it so that anybody that has a big enough account in terms of followers Mm -hmm. just is a cesspool of bullshit in their comments. And it's just like treat developers with respect. They're the ones you want to make the games you're excited for. So what would, you know, harassing and threatening these people Mm -hmm. Do. what is the thing that you're hoping to get out of it a release date that's not going to make it come out any sooner in fact i would just be uh very petty and just uh delay it just say fuck it Mm -hmm. Uh, then just release it whenever you want so there you go that's uh the last of that shitty news for this week Mm -hmm. and we'll move on to the the big news of the week the nintendo direct that uh, people were excited about all month, you know, leakers and such thing. It's going to be direct happening, all this and that. Then it ended up being a Nintendo direct mini partner showcase. Mm-hmm. Meaning no Nintendo games in here. Uh, especially nothing related to Nintendo switch online mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, and it's a mini cause it's uh, on the shorter side. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 30 minutes or so. Uh, for
1: that, but uh, we got a decent amount of stuff here. I mean, thirty minutes isn't short by any means, especially from Nintendo. So, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go over the list, but I I was pretty pretty content, if not you know, impressed with the lineup they have.
0: Yeah, Uh um, yeah, they start off with Monster Hunter Rise because they can't have any event without Monster Hunter Rise in it. Because Sunbreak is out now, and they use this trailer to show off what some of the, the first few free title updates will be including uh, i don't think really anything too specific outside of the the one that's happening later this year it was just like oh there's more monsters that kind of stuff uh, for that so mm-hmm. there you go kind of the most basic thing they could show here and then they started getting into uh, some more surprising stuff like near automata the end of yorha edition is coming to the switch October 6th. Does not seem to be any sort of uh, cloud version. Mm-hmm. And this version includes some exclusive costumes, but not like Nintendo themed mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so this really got things going as kingdom hearts fans are like, wait, if you could port this to the switch without, you know, doing cloud versions, then why did kingdom hearts, the, the one in two collections, mm-hmm. why were those cloud versions? And it's like because Square Enix doesn't give a shit. They get the money either way. And this game, this is a game that did not run well on the PS4 and Xbox One, at least the base consoles there. Uh, so I'm curious how this how this is going to turn out, because mm-hmm. uh, it's likely to be a game that's not going to run super well, but maybe it'll run just well enough to be okay for the people that mm-hmm. uh, want it on the Switch.
1: Yeah, I mean, I never played the game. I played the end of Yorha edition, so I don't know how much different that one is. And I uh, I also played...
3: Basically, the thing with the end of Yorha edition, the, essentially, the, like, uh, the sort of, like, uh, special edition or, like, game of the year edition where it's got, like, all the DLC that comes with it.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, with, with all the bells and whistles, you would think that it would also be the, like, you know, the most dynamic version of the game that actually works is that safe to assume or no yeah okay uh,
0: just a it's just the version with all the dlc and it's nothing really bonus on top of as far as graphics are concerned or anything
1: yeah yeah i mean that being said that you're, you're you're expecting to play the best version of the game now moving that to the switch it's 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 tough to see it running well but you know yeah. if like again like it's tough to say that a publisher is going to ruin is, is going to you know re- release crap on purpose and i i am I don't think yokotaro would like you know really want this to happen for his for his title but um you know near is absolutely fine in my opinion in in 720 so 720 on a handheld like you know uh there will probably be some slowdown here and there but i don't really expect anything to be too terrible then again like i wouldn't really call near automata like i wouldn't really call it visually intensive um but at the same time this is this is what the Switch is talking about, so it, it is tough to say. That being said, like, you know, the, the, the whole thing Chris was saying about why Kingdom Hearts isn't on there. Yeah, makes total sense, and Squirt Unix never does that. So
0: Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Uh it's October 6th, so another October game. Mm-hmm. Uh then we got a new Annapurna interactive game uh with developer Simogo, uh, mm-hmm. developers Simogo, the developers of Sayonara Wild Hearts they now say puzzle game called Lorelei and the Laser Eyes mm-hmm. for the Switch and PC I believe it's a console launch exclusive it'll be out sometime next year mm-hmm. uh, so there you go a uh, you know black and white well there's a little bit of red in there but it's more like a monochromatic game it looks like Yeah uh, for that but a lot of puzzle stuff there the weird thing is initially watching the the trailer it looked like a killer seven game mm-hmm. it had that kind of style to it initially. Uh, oh, yeah. I started doing some different things to it. Yeah. It does look like a suit 51 game,
3: like a of 51 joint.
0: Yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a neat looking game, but yeah, no, no date or anything. So that'll be out sometime next year uh, for that. Uh, then we got an announcement of super Bubberman R2 uh, yeah. that is coming to everything. Yeah. Uh, sometime next year, and so yeah, as much like the original has like a battle mode, castle mode. It has a level editor in it, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the battle royale stuff from Super Bomberman Online, mm-hmm. uh, Super Bomberman R Online uh, stuff too. Or yeah, Battle Sixty Four. I think it's the the battle royale mode. So, mm-hmm. uh, which they just recently announced they were shutting. Super Bomberman R Online, I believe. They're shutting uh-huh. that game down. Like the original Super Bomberman R is still online. Uh-huh. Uh, so the sequel will be coming along and sort of replacing some of the the stuff from the uh, the game that was originally made for the Stadia. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But yeah, this one's come to everything next year at some point. So a new Bomberman game. Uh-huh. Konami's still doing something. So there you go. And then they came out with the probably the the biggest surprise here. Yep. A Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. You have no idea how many people I know of who
3: have been waiting for something like this to come out.
0: Yeah, it's ten games. Yep. Uh, one, two, and then three through six have two different versions each. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like a Pokemon, though I don't believe. Uh, they're all in that style of like, these are the, the same game, but slightly different. I think mm-hmm. a couple of them have different content in it. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about
1: which ones are which, but... Yeah, the, the main difference was they had different battle chips to give your um, your man. Um, they, they, other than that, they they were most of the same game. Mm-hmm. Okay. As for why they did it, other than Pokemon's reasons, I'm pretty sure it was Pokemon's reasons. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah, that gives you, I guess, more versions of these games to play through Mm -hmm. if that wasn't enough. But, yeah, 10 games, I believe they will be available as separate volumes digitally, uh, so Mm -hmm. you can buy them both or buy one and then the other if you want. Uh, They'll have a music player with 180 tracks from all the games, Mm -hmm. over 1,000 pieces of concept art to unlock for that. Uh, yeah, mystery data section that will contain exclusive illustrations from past events and images of licensed goods from this era of Mega Man titles,
2: mm-hmm.
0: as well as some new visual filter stuff to it. I, did I saw somebody mention that they changed the font of the text in the game mm-hmm. or the dialogue text. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. I'm looking through the screenshots here to see if there's any text, any fonts like dialogue text. I don't know. I don't think I see anything. So that's weird. Um, yeah, yeah, I
1: really hope, hope not. I mean, like that's been like my pet peeve whenever like these are you know brought back. um So yeah, I really hope they don't do that. But otherwise, like this is a huge announcement. um I played a lot of Game Boy Advance back in the day, and the Mega Man Battle Network games were some of like the most fun I've had. I only beat like two of them because like even though they were they were pretty much action RPGs geared geared towards kids, they were also pretty damn difficult. So, yeah, um, I look forward to like, you know, hopping back in again. Uh, I don't think I'll ever beat any of them, but it's definitely good to have. And the reason why it's such a big deal is because all of these games were pretty much locked to the Game advance and they were never re-released or repurposed. So it's it's huge. It was definitely, in my opinion, the best announcement of the show.
0: Yeah. And the fun thing is that they're still only like halfway through uh, all the Mega Man games that they could put in collections. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this, because I think it's the the original series, the X series, the the Zero and ZX series. There's still Legends and mm-hmm. all those games. Because uh, there's the two Legends games, and then there's the the two. I think it's two spinoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's uh, let's see. There's Star Force. It's mm-hmm. mentioned on here. There's a bunch of Japanese only stuff, uh, as well as uh, a bunch of like one off games. And there's a soccer game in there. Uh, a bunch of games that uh, they could put together. Some of them are even. There's like a couple of fighting games that I think are in the uh, the second Capcom Arcade Stadium game. So those are accessible there at least. And you know, Wily Wars is on uh, the Nintendo Switch Online thing, but I I'd, I'd assume they would probably like to put that in a collection as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sell it, all that. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That'll be happening next year at some point. PS4, switch and PC. Mm -hmm. Still no Xbox for the Mega Man stuff. Oh yeah. They followed it up with Pac-Man world repack. As we continue these uh, remake or remasters of classic games that get stupid fucking names for themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the fuck you're naming this repack for. Uh, but, yeah, that is uh, a remake of Pac-Man World, a PS1 3D platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks really nice, the, the visual up- upgrades here. Uh, but, yeah, let's see. That is, yeah, the, the first 3D platformer in the series. Uh, sold 1.5 million units. And, yeah, this is yeah the ghost who kidnapped all of his family and friends. This Pac-Man not included because she doesn't exist. Uh he sets off an adventure to fight through six areas of Ghost Island mm-hmm. and fight the boss Tokeman. so there you go <laughs> T.O.C. man mm-hmm. as far as your naming let's see they have the main campaign in quest mode a collection of 3D mazes in maze mode clear quest mode to unlock the original Pac-Man game in original mode so if you need yet another way to play Pac-Man here you mm-hmm. go Instead of the the fifteen other ways you can play Pac Man, uh, so yeah, there's that. That looks that looks like a, a neat little thing. Uh, but we're kind of moving into the like C tier of plat three D platformers from the the PS One era. But yeah, that'll be on everything PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC August twenty sixth, so pretty shortly. Uh, don't know if you realize the Klonoa Collection is out this week. I believe it's the eighth. Yeah, Friday, I think it is. So mm-hmm. that's out really soon. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have an indie game called Blanc. Uh, that is a game where a cooperative adventure game featuring a wolf cub and a fawn that are stranded in a vast snowy wilderness. It is all black and white. Uh, 3D look mm-hmm. has a really nice look to it. Kind of a cartoony art style kind of thing. So that looks kind of neat. That'll be out Q1 2023. Uh, Switch and PC console launch exclusive. Yeah, February 2023 is the the month timeframe they gave. Uh, and then, yeah, next they showed off Return to of Monkey Island. Mm-hmm. Console launch exclusive on the Switch uh, for 2022, sometime later this year. That's wild that it's a console launch exclusive on the platform that doesn't have ways to play the first two games that lead into this one. Uh, the Xbox and PlayStation have those. Uh, that are playable, but they don't get that probably till next year, I'm assuming. So there you go for that. Uh, then they showed off some Mario plus Rabbit, Sparks of Hope and announced a date
1: mm-hmm. October
0: 20th. So another game there for late October. Uh, and then they announced that they are going to have a, a little showcase the next day, Ubisoft Wood, to show that game off some more. It seems like the 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 big changes here for Sofia Bowser, joining mm-hmm. the crew. Yeah, I think there's a a goth rabid
2: mm-hmm. as far as it
0: has like spiky black hair and like green eyebrows. I think she's new.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, but yeah, the it's no longer grid based for the battle setup, or at least your movement isn't grid based. It's kind of like later NISA strategy RPGs where you can kind of. Move ar- around in sort of a, a circular uh, limit space to where you are going to go, mm-hmm. but they also have more like movement actions to launch off of other characters and get thrown around and all that uh, for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, they're they're adding a good bit here mm-hmm. uh, to the game for a sequel. So, that's neat to see. And yeah, they're going to have a season pass, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, if you want more stuff. Uh, but yeah, they also mention a Galactic Prestige Pack that includes three exclusive and supremely stylish weapon skins for your team, mm-hmm. unlockable right away. I don't remember if that sort of thing adds any stats to the original, because I think when I got it, the the original game, it was with mm-hmm. the DLC, so like unlocked right away, like a weapon for each of the characters that was more powerful than the others. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get through some of the early stuff more easily. Uh, but yeah, there's that. They showed off Little Noah, Sign of Paradise. Uh PS4 Switch PC. It's out now. Mm-hmm. That is like a uh, a more uh newbie friendly kind of roguelite action game
2: mm-hmm.
0: of sorts. It's fifteen bucks out now. Kind of has a a Bravely default kind of art style to it. Very chibi side scroller uh two point five D kinda of look to it. So there you go. I've heard some some good things about that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Railgrade, yeah, an indie like uh, rail management sim kind of thing, train management sim mm-hmm. of sorts. Uh, Switch and PC, uh, the only platforms it was announced on, so might be fully exclusive. That looks neat. I don't know about it being a great for the Switch game, but Switch people will take anything as perfect for a Switch, so
2: mm-hmm.
0: that works out whatever way they want. Uh, see, next up, they announced RPG Time, The Legend of Rights that was announced for Xbox last year. It's coming to PS4 and Switch August 18th. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is kind of a uh, a game very inspired by like a Dragon Quest or other kind of uh, RPGs, but it's set in like a notebook of sorts. So it's so got kind of a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, you know, pencil drawing like doodle kind of art style to it, as well as a little bit of like paper craft and all that mm-hmm. uh, to the way all of it works. So that's a, a neat little game. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Sonic frontier showed up again. It's time to announce that cyberspace areas are in the game, mm-hmm. which is a fancy name for, we put in, you know, old style Sonic games mm-hmm. or Sonic stages in the game as in, you know, 3d, uh, running from the back, uh, Launching at enemies, locking onto them, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way that the, a lot of those old-style uh, 3D games worked. So there's some of that in there. They showed off a little bit of combat and that kind of stuff mm. uh, for that, which is like, whatever, it still looks a lot the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go.
3: Yeah. A little
0: bit more there for that game. So I,
3: uh, I honestly don't know how this game's going to be received, to be completely honest. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the main problem is they just haven't really shown a real great picture of what a like session of playing that game looks like. Yeah. So you remember, like before Breath of the Wild came out, they had the uh, the Treehouse Live thing where they you know had one of the the Treehouse people sort of play through it and they you know talked about what was going on and uh, s- you know suggested things to do and all that kind of stuff. I haven't done that for this it's mm-hmm. just been random gameplay segments yeah and little snippets that just don't show it in a great light yeah and I'm also
3: like the thing is uh, considering the way that Sonic always controls in these games, considering how much traversal is involved there's it, it's it seems like it'd be way too easy for him to careen off the edge of something when you're trying to climb up like one of those towers.
0: That's why there's lots of rails around. Yeah, I that's our solution. Mm. It's like, oh, give them grinding rails. Like it's Ratchet and Clank, except mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank controls with really well. hmm So yeah, there's there's the, the Sonic Frontiers bit for uh, this week.
1: Yeah, I think it was uh, it was IGN that really had like the biggest exclusive as far as like showing people like what that game is really about. Granted, at this time you know there there really isn't isn't stuff to know but you know your your uh, concerns definitely seem legit especially in regards to Sonic's actual, actual traversal like obviously the game really makes it out to be like the breath of the wild of Sonic like you even hear piano when he's in the open world but then you also mm-hmm. see like these these little zones where the game just becomes good 3D Sonic but you wonder how much those are few and far between because you know it's it's weird like um Aside from Sonic Mania and maybe the originals, I'd be tough-pressed to actually, like, tell you what a great Sonic game is. People will probably say, like, you know, uh, Adventure 1 or Adventure 2 even, but even those were just okay, with the obvious highlights being the actual Sonic levels. I don't understand why Sonic Team or whoever it is behind the helm just doesn't make, you know, your on-rails-ish kind of game... It's all just Sonic levels, you know? We don't need the big the cat fishing. We don't need tails shooting at people. We don't need the 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 knuckles and rogue like digging up emeralds. We just need like the fast paced sonic action. And mm-hmm. I don't see why they don't just give just that to us, you know? But yeah. again, like this is a game that's setting itself up to be not really con- not really controversial or not really bad more like divisive because I do think this game has some promise based on what we've seen but I just hope they take their time with it I know it says holiday but I hope that means like Valentine's Day you know mm-hmm. so we'll see I think the
0: reason why the Sonic games have a lot of alternate characters and such to play as is because they it takes a lot of work to make a a 3D game for Sonic to run through really fast and And so have other characters that don't run as fast or do other things, and that's extra content. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not very good or interesting. Look at uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, 2006. Where you had to play through all these other characters and it was just a miserable game.
1: Yeah, no one's talking about
0: that game. (laughs) Yeah.
3: And, like, the weird thing is... uh, it's not just that the game released broke it. It's like they actually released a downgraded version of what they were apparently developing. Um, because there are like you know gameplay trailers from when that game was you know still in development and going out. Like even the graphics were a downgrade. It's
0: yeah. It's it's easy to make a game look as good as possible. Mm-hmm. up to the point that you have to actually release it and make it yeah. run well. Yeah. And that's where you get people complaining about downgrades because mm-hmm. they're generally working on these games on PCs. Mm-hmm. And so the 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 downgrade is to make it run well on the platform,
2: mm-hmm.
0: each platform. And so they have to you know make certain adjustments, that kind of thing. Yeah. But it's usually treated as like the worst thing that's ever happened. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's enough Sonic Frontiers for this week. It's We need actual more content to really dig into. Uh, so yeah, next up, Disney Dreamlight Valley, the sort of life sim Disney game. Yeah. That's a more uh, showcase here. Uh, it'll be out on, in early access on September 6th. PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and PC. I believe it's still going to be free to play. I don't know. It's going to be free to play when it launches next year. Early access requires the purchase of a Founders Pack. Game Pass members get that Founders Pack for free. I'm not sure what the price of that is. Is there? is. I'm not sure if they're going to say that on the Steam page or not. No, I don't think so. That game looks neat, and I guess I'll play it on Xbox because I don't have to pay for this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay to see what this is. Mm-hmm. So... There you go. See if it's more than a number of their mobile games that are basically, you know, city builders, mobile city builders of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, see if it's any more than that, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, then it showed off Live Alive. That's yeah. uh, out July 22nd. We already knew the date, but they announced that there's a demo out now. Uh, let lets you play three chapters of the game mm-hmm. from uh, three different characters, yep. one chapter each. I don't know if it's are these chapters like uh, Octopath Traveler, in terms of like their?
3: Uh, well, no, because unlike in Octopath Traveler, um, where there's like a part where like they all the characters form like a party, uh, all of these characters like heroes like have their own specific world and story that they're in, but they are all connected. Um,
0: do they all come together? They all come together in the
3: end. Yeah. Okay. I um, forgot that was
0: the case. Yeah.
3: Uh and uh it has a twist at the end of it as well. So Yeah.
0: I mean it is a JRPG. That's their that's their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Either the it twist is, is you have to beat God or something else happens. Yeah. But yeah, speaking of Japanese games, we've got a very Japanese game here up next. Doribon Story of Seasons, Friends of the Great, Great. Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh a sequel to the other Doraemon story of seasons game, yeah. Which I heard good things about. Oh yeah, uh, that goes on sale for like ten bucks or less all the time, so That might yep. be worth checking out.
3: Honestly, I'm just kind of glad that the Doraemon that the Doraemon, you know franchise is getting some love on this side of the on this part this yep. side of Pacific because uh, helps when you put them in good games. Yeah, because uh, this franchise is like really really old. It's been around since the 60s basically,
0: and... Yeah, that's that's what the art style looks like for this character. Yeah. Uh,
3: the... It, it's got, like, this story history, and the good thing now, of course, is that, like, all of the original Dorymon Doriamon comics are actually, um, you know, available in English now on Kindle, so you know, all these, you know, all these old comics can be enjoyed by a new generation. Um, yeah. But yeah, the, the guy who was behind this was legendary for, like, the type of prolificness he had with this character. Uh, his name was Fujiko F. Fujio. Um, he was originally part of a manga duo that was just called Fujiko Fujio. Uh, then they split up and started doing their own stuff. The other guy called himself Fujiko Fujio-A. Um, and basically, this there, when, when Doraemon for, Doraemon's first started out, uh, he basically was running, like, three or four Doraemon stories at a time because he was publishing them for uh, young kids. By young kids, I mean younger than, like, the type that would read, like, Shonen Jump. So, and it was for, like, different levels of kids. So it was, like, one for, like, third graders, one for fourth graders, one for fifth graders, all the way up to sixth grade. And, you know, these were all coming out, like, monthly. So... (laughs) You know, and then eventually, what happened? Starting a magazine that was specifically for Dorymon, which was called Coral Coral Comic, and it, which is actually still around today, still in publication. Um, and like he, he did, obviously he he didn't just do Dorymon, but it pretty much took over his entire legacy because pretty much everything he did after that was Dorymon like. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that this character is getting love over here. Um. Because it's a really nice franchise, and I'm glad it's happening.
0: Yeah, and the Story of Seasons games seem to be a good fit Mm -hmm. uh, as yet another life sim out there for uh, people that like that stuff. Well, funny
3: enough, that fits for Doraemon. (laughs) Yeah. Most of Doraemon's stories are very slice of life esque, with uh, the fact that, you know, the kid Nobita is always trying to get Doraemon. He's like, nope. Get, you know, so Dorymon got like a gadget that I can work with. So Dorymon, you know, reaches into his little stomach pocket and pulls out some weird little gadget. and That's pretty much yeah. the formula of all those stories, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah. If you are were a big fan of Harvest Moon or Animal Crossing back in the day, mm-hmm. you are feasting with all of the games that are in this genre now. Oh, yeah. And how much better they are than the usual Harvest Moon game now. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. Uh, Let's see, next up here. uh, Wait, no. That game is coming out. The PS5, a Switch and PC. No PS4 version, as far as I can see. Mm -hmm. uh, Sometime later this year. So, there's that. Next up, Dragon Quest Treasures. One of those games that got announced during the, uh, what, the 30th anniversary Mm -hmm. uh, celebration? I think the ones that they're like, oh, this is actually going everywhere. Uh, Mm -hmm. Seems to be a Switch exclusive. And will be out December 9th. Uh, That is the spinoff of 11 where Mm -hmm. it features Eric and Mia uh, who are going around collecting monsters, uh, finding treasure, all that kind of stuff, uh, having all kinds of fun. So, yeah, that's uh, happening uh, December 9th, near the end of the year Mm -hmm. Uh, for that so people can check that out then. Uh Yeah, then they started going into a montage of other things to show off. You know, there's a Plague Tale Requiem, which is a cloud version that'll be out October 18th for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Captain Velvet Meteor, the Jump Plus Dimensions, which is published by Shue, uh, yeah, Shue Isha. Mm-hmm. Their games branch they announced a while ago. Yep. This is one of their games there that looks neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's not based on any anime or anything, but uh, this is a tactical adventure game. you get some free-roaming exploration segments and strategic battles with light puzzle and stealth elements, so uh, kind of a nice look to it. Mm. Uh, For that, that'll be just on Switch, as far as I can see, July 28th, Mm -hmm. so out here in a few weeks. Uh, They announced the Portal Companion Collection is out now, Mm -hmm. a thing that people have been waiting on for a while. Oh, yeah. And Square Enix decided to announce their own Life Sim RPG. Because, of course, they did. Called Harvestella. Mm. Because, of course, they picked a name like that. Uh, that yeah. seems to be Switch and PC exclusive right now. Mm-hmm. November 4th. And, yeah, the, the trailer was very Square Enix. Because it's like, oh, there's, there's four seasons. Everybody knows. Mm-hmm. you know, Winter, summer, spring, fall. There's also a fifth season of Death. Yeah. Called Quietus. Yeah. And you and the and Quietus getting longer each year. Mm-hmm. So you need to figure out how to stop the season of death. And it's like oh okay. Uh yeah, you're gonna explore various cities and dungeons, fight enemies and all this kind of stuff. Uh you also got your daily life stuff, you know, planting vegetables and fruits and grains and all that. Mm-hmm. And they get crafting materials and all that kind of stuff, so you wanted uh, one of those kind of games, but uh, Final Fantasy is hell. There mm-hmm. you go. So, yeah, there you go. That's, uh, that's a thing you can uh, get later this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a new-looking game. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, then they, they finally did the thing. They finally did yeah. something nice for Switch fans mm-hmm. and said, Hey, we've been announcing these Persona games for every other platform over the past month. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're also coming to the Switch.
3: Yep.
0: Uh, same same details, uh, October 21st for Persona 5 Royal, mm-hmm. and the others are next year, Persona mm-hmm. 4 Golden and Persona 3 Portable. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the uh, the weird thing is PS5 is the only platform being ignored for Persona 4 Golden Persona 3 Portable. That's weird. Uh, Persona 5 Royal is coming to the PS5 as an upgrade thing. But uh, PS5 people have to deal with the PS4 version of the other games, which is a is a weird thing to see. Mm-hmm. Especially when they're like, oh, they're coming to all modern platforms. It's like, well, what's the PS5 in that? Mm. Uh, but there you go. They did the thing. And then there was a game that was announced during the Japanese version of the Direct. A mm-hmm. new Monster Rancher game that was about uh, catching kaiju. Yep. I guess is related to Ultraman, mm-hmm. in some way, yeah. A collaboration between Ultraman and Monster Rancher.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's called Ultra Kaiju Monster Rancher. They they announced it only in the Japanese direct, and then a few days later said, "Oh yeah, we're also bringing this to the West." Yeah. Uh, Switch exclusive. Uh, it'll be out later this year. No date, just 2022. And yeah, the the weird thing is that you can search the digital CD database that they did for the, the collection of the first two games, but you can also scan NFC compatible cards mm. to call up monsters, I guess, which is weird. Uh, I'm assuming amiibos maybe will also work. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a whole weird setup here, but yeah, uh, you're just raising and training your own Kaiju. Yep. I guess they're called Ultra Kaiju because they keep writing it over and over again in this press release. Uh, but yeah, they have over 200 types of Kaiju to be discovered. Yeah. And so there you go. A Monster Rancher game with a bunch of Kaiju that you can catch and use to fight.
1: So yeah. there's nowhere else to go from there. <laughs> I mean, like, part of the reason why that was part of the Japanese presentation is because the Rancher never really... Uh... Hit here, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are games
0: in this list that aren't exactly like huge sellers either. Mm-hmm. Like Doraemon's not necessarily going to be a huge Western release either. Uh, stuff like that. But yeah, that's uh, it was like the one difference. People we're like, oh, this is going to be only in Japan. That's annoying. Mm-hmm. To figure out how to get it, I think it's going to be this. Was, going to be one of those Asian releases that gets an English uh, English dub in there, English translation for, you know, the general Asian release, so Mm -hmm. So there you go. That was the direct. That was pretty solid.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I I mentioned uh, before we talked about it, like I thought there was a wealth of information that that was the pretty solid here, and like I pretty much listed out what I thought would happen, and I also thought that we'd probably only get one of these things but we ended up getting a bunch like i was thinking persona would show up here um i was thinking um mario and rabbits would show up here in some ways and we also got a few surprises like uh um super, Mar- super barman r2 um like the, the original that, that came out during launch was a game that was pretty much bare-boned but this one looks like it has a whole, whole lot more content you know near yeah. automata um as well as um uh, Dragon Quest treasures were also uh, surprises that I, I look forward to seeing more of, and yeah, it was a pretty solid presentation. Uh, Portal coming out like you know right then and there was cool, and eventually once I get my, once I actually have some time to play live alive, um, I look forward to that. Um, I mean the one thing if you want to nitp- if you want an we were missing is uh, Bayonetta. <laughs> Like, you wonder if that even still exists anymore. But, yeah, aside from that, it was a solid presentation. We got a mix of stuff that's coming out in the immediate future this winter, and, like, some stuff even next year, like uh, Lorelei and the Laser Eyes. So, I don't know. I feel like online, there was, like, some chatter about this being pretty useless. I mean, I don't know. As far as Nintendo Direct Mini goes, it's solid, and I still would expect at least one or two more regular Directs before the year ends, and who knows? Um... I remember, I forgot whether it was a couple of weeks ago or last week, where I thought it was weird where um, Alice um, announced uh, the Persona stuff on- online, like the way they did. Like, it makes you think uh, that this presentation was actually supposed to be earlier, but something happened that forced it later. I'm not yeah. sure. But um, yeah, the-, the Persona series is perfect on Switch. Um, I'm considering getting Persona 4 Golden for the fourth time and maybe actually playing it. But uh, who knows? Like I said, a wealth of information here, all good information. But I do look forward to uh, Nintendo's actual presentation soon, especially since we are expecting more updates, more anticipated games coming out in the very in the near future. So yeah, it was solid. Yeah,
0: I don't think Bayonetta would have been on this because that is a Nintendo published game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's they don't typically consider their uh, their games that they're publishing as you know third party. I mean, Mario
1: and Rabbids is also published by Nintendo, isn't it? I know
0: it's no,
3: Ubisoft.
1: That's why it goes on sale all the time. True, true, true. That.
0: That's the, the death knell for like a Bayonetta. It'll be on sale like once a year if you're lucky for 20% off. Cool. But uh, yeah, that is going to do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new slate of news. Hopefully uh, some better news here, less... Developers getting harassed by stupid people on the internet and shitty people. So, but yeah, thank you to Brandon Danner for joining this week. We'll be back next week with a uh, new slate of news. If you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know Mm -hmm. uh, to check it out and select strangers that uh, will not uh, harass you for talking about a podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, So yeah, thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you all next time. Have a good one.